thank you that you are the same God that we read about all through the Bible. You're the same God today that you were for Moses, for Jacob, for Abraham. God, you're the same God for us that you were for David, for Elijah, for Elisha. God, we thank you that you are the same God and we can expect the same things today that you did for them. And Lord, we just ask that you do those things today. That in this service with these people, God, that you would be that God. That you would prove yourself mighty and strong. That you would show your love and mercy and kindness. Lord, may your word go forth today and accomplish everything that you sent it to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, guys, you can be seated. Kids, you can go on to the kid zone. If you want to be turning in your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from John chapter 15. John chapter 15. <clears throat> uh, it seems like it's been forever since I've been here. Uh, but about three weeks ago, I guess it was, I spoke out of this same passage, John chapter 15, the, the, the parable of the vine or when Jesus was teaching about the vine dresser, the vine and the branches. And um, if you were continuing in this series on going deeper, being deeply rooted, and I feel as we began this year, God really began to speak to me about the need for us as individuals and a church to go deeper, deeper in the Word, deeper in our relationship with Him, deeper in worship, deeper in evangelism, and if you recall, when we started this, I talked out of Mark chapter 4 about the parable of the sower. And there were those that fell on rocky soil. And although they started quickly, and there seemed to be a lot of things, exciting things going on soon, eventually when the hard things come or came, they began to fade away. And that's where we do not want to be, right? We want to be a people that are so deeply rooted in Jesus that regardless of what the world throws at us, we were deeply rooted, and, and we're going we're gonna to stand strong. So let me, let me read. Uh, also, if you recall, your homework from that first week was to just begin to ask the Lord where He wants you to go deeper. Amen. And I hope you're doing that. I hope every day you're just saying, Lord, today, where do you want me to go deeper? What, what are the deeper things you're wanting to teach me? Where are you wanting me to, to put my roots down a little deeper? So let me, I'm going to read to you, I think, uh, the first eight verses of John chapter 15. Jesus said this. He's, he's Jesus speaking. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes. That it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean. Because of the word. That I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove that you are my disciples. So here's the big idea today is that being pruned is part of a productive life. Being pruned... Y'all excited about that? I I didn't get a big amen on there like I said, like, you know, you're all going to be blessed today. I would have got a big amen. Being pruned is part of a productive life. And so I want to start by talking about this. So the importance of bearing fruit. Why it's important that we bear fruit. In this scripture, in just these eight verses, it tells us some very powerful things. One, branches that don't bear fruit are cut off. It says in verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire, and burned. So what's he talking about? Is he talking about that, you know, if you don't bear fruit, then you don't get blessed? Or if you don't bear fruit, you don't get your prayers answered? No, he's saying you're going to be cut off, gathered up, thrown away, and put in the fire. Now, if you're having trouble figuring out what that is representing, let me just help you be clear on that. He's saying those who do not bear fruit are cut off from Jesus, who is the vine. You lose relationship with him, and ultimately you end up in hell. There's no other way of looking at that scripture. And so that's why it's important that we bear fruit. We're, We're not bearing fruit to bring glory and honor to ourselves. We're not bearing fruit so that we have a better life. I mean, all those things are, are having a better life is awesome. But the main thing that we need to know here is if we are not bearing fruit, ultimately we end up in hell. And those are Jesus' words. And and I don't know how how else you can, can put that, that if he's thrown into fire and burned, that's what he's talking about. And so... The, the, you know, we need to be asking ourselves on a daily, is there fruit in my life? Or did I just have a one-time experience where I went up front or I asked Jesus into my heart or something, and for a day it was awesome, you know, or for a week, but right now there is no fruit in my life. Now, that's between you and the Lord. I, we are not to judge each other's fruit. As far as as that goes, right? I mean, the Bible talks about judging fruit, but I'm just saying, I I can't tell whether you're saved or not. Sometimes it might look that way, but I'm just saying, we can't, but but we need to be asking the Lord ourselves, and we need to be assessing the fruit in our life. Are are the fruits of the Spirit in my life? Is there more fruit in my life now than there was a year ago? Are, are people able to see more fruit in my life? Jesus, are you seeing the fruit that you want in my life more than you? Is there any fruit in my life? Because ultimately, like I said, the, the end here for those who bear no fruit is that they're cut off from Jesus and they end up in hell. Secondly, it's important that we bear fruit because it glorifies the Father. News flash. News flash. Life is not about you. It's not all about you. The world's not all about you. God did not put you in the center of the universe and said, okay, I'm going to make the whole world around you evolve around you. The problem is we think it evolves around us because everywhere we have ever been and every experience we've ever had, we've been there. So it seems like everything should be about me. And what it's really about is saying that you're here to glorify the Father. 
And when we bear fruit, we glorify Him. Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, For everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. So all of us are intended for the glory of God. And it clearly, Jesus clearly tells us in, in, in John chapter 15 here that we glorify the Father when we bear fruit. Amen. And so if one of our primary purposes on this earth is to glorify the Father and we glorify Him by bearing fruit. That's why it's important that we bear fruit because no fruit, there's no glory for the Father, right? And then thirdly, it tells us that it's the fruit that proves that we're true disciples of Jesus. It's not the bumper sticker. It's not the Christian t-shirt, right? It's not even the fact that you're here this morning. It's not the fact that you belong to a church or your family's all Christians, or all that, what, what proves that we're disciples. He says, if you're bearing fruit, you're going to prove that you're my true disciple. Jesus also said this in another place. He said, this is how the world will know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. And so love is one of those primary fruits that needs to be popping out in our life, right? And so when we're talking about bearing fruit, we're not just talking about something that's, you know, a churchy thing. It's important. It's important because it determines whether or not we are ultimately going to end up in heaven or hell. It determines whether or not we're fulfilling the purpose of glorifying God. It determines whether or not that we can prove that we're disciples and prove to the world that we're truly disciples. So what kind of fruit are we talking about? So last time I was here, we talked about three different kinds of fruit. Yeah, we talked about obedience fruits of the Spirit, and we talked about souls. Okay, so we talked about that. Uh, if we're truly disciples of Jesus, we should be producing the fruit of obedience. Uh, we should be producing those Galatians 5 fruits of the Spirit. We should be producing souls. But I want to talk about a couple more this morning. One of the, the primary ways that we know that we're bearing fruit is am I fulfilling God's purpose for my life. So first of all, let's begin with this. The Bible is very clear. You are created in whose image? Not your dad's. You're creating God's image, right? So everybody sitting next to you, everyone in this room is created in God's image. Amen? Amen. Everyone you meet on the street Everyone you run into at the store, everyone you work with, even that guy, even that lady, they're all created in the image of God. And we need to know as individuals that I'm not here by accident. I'm not here because of, of, of some physical act. I'm here because I was created by God in His image for His purposes. Amen? And so we're not just sort of floating through life. God would not have said, I want you on the earth in this year uh, just because I need an extra person. He puts you here because he has purpose for you right now, right here, at this time, in this place. Remember, God is the vine dresser. And he's the one who decides where to plant you and when to plant you. And he has planted you right now, here, for this time, with great purpose. And if we're going to fulfill all the fruit, or if we're going to produce all the fruit that God wants us to produce, then we need to be fulfilling God's plans and purposes. So Ephesians 2 tells us this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us 
long ago. And Colossians 1.16 says, everything was created through him and for him. So we were created by God for purpose. And some of the fruit that God's expecting us to, to come through our life is those purposes be fulfilled. Well, you may be saying, I have no idea what my purpose is. And I, I will say this. I believe that all of us probably have multiple purposes. There may be some primary purposes, but there may be some multiple. What I mean by that is so God has called me to be the pastor of River of Life right now. And, but in addition to that, he's called me to be Bobby's husband and Tyler and Allie's father and uh, Harlan and Elijah's grandfather. And he's called me to be a lot of things. And all those are extremely important. Amen? And if I'm failing at any of those things, then I'm not really fulfilling the purposes that God has for me. But God has placed purposes in my life and in your life that he's wanting us to fulfill. And sometimes it just gets, they're getting on our knees before God and saying, God, what do you want me to do? Amen. Sometimes it's this burning thing inside of us that we can't shake. I, I, we, on our trip, we ran into this uh, a lady, this hostess that was serving our breakfast one morning. Her name was Aisha, and she was asked, she was trying to find her purpose in life. And Bobby and I were trying to talk to her, and just we told her we'd be praying for her and stuff. And she said, "How did you know that you were going to be a pastor? How did how did you decide that? How did you know God was going to have you be a pastor?" And, I, and one of the things I told her is, "There was this thing inside of me I couldn't shake." Even when I wanted to shake it, I couldn't shake it. When I tried to shake it, I couldn't shake it. And sometimes God puts those things inside of you. And so there may be something inside of you that's just burning. That's just, you cannot get away from it. And chances are, if that lines up with the Word of God, that's a dream. That's, that's a calling God's put in your life, right? Sometimes it's just circumstances and God leads us and God is guides us along different paths to find what we're called to and what our purpose is. But let me give you three real quick that I can guarantee you is your purpose. I guarantee no matter who you are, where you're from, how old you are, this is your purpose. One, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. That's a commandment. Jesus said that you're supposed to, number one, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and strength. That's number one. He also says, secondly, love your neighbor like yourself. So regardless of where you're at in life, how old you are, what you work at, you know, where you live, all those things, those are things that God's placed inside of you and said, this is your purpose. I need you to love God with all your heart, and I want you to love your neighbor like yourself. And the third thing is, he tells us in the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all nations. So that's a commandment. That, that's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. So three purposes that everyone in this room has is love God love people, and go and make disciples and teach them, right? All of us have those purposes. And so if you're wondering, why am I here on earth? One, to love God. One, to love people. Next thing is to make disciples and teach them. And so God has, has called us to do this. The second thing I want to talk to you about, what a fruit that God has for us is producing what Paul calls godly character. Let me read to you what he says in Philippians chapter 1. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters. So what he's about to say is what he thinks really matters. 
so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. This is what really matters, that you're always filled with the fruit of your salvation, which is the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. So what he's saying here is the fruit that brings much glory to God is for us to have righteous, godly character. It means we're men and women of character and we reflect the person of Jesus. And when we're talking about Christ being formed in us, that going deeper in Christ, when Christ is being formed then in us as, as the vine is formed into the branch, then Christ's character should also be flowing through us. And notice what Paul says there. He says, first of all, I want your love to overflow. Your love should be so overflowing. Your understanding of who you are in Christ and how much God loves you and how much Jesus loves you. You should understand that so much that you then love people. That overflows wherever you go. That love should be overflowing on other people. People should just know, hey, here comes, here, here, here comes Fred, man. And every time Fred's around, I feel loved. Every time this woman walks in the room, I feel love. And we should be that place where love is overflowing. And if our love's not overflowing, we need to go back to loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength. And loving our neighbor as ourselves, And just saying, God, I'm not there yet. I need more of that fruit, right? Amen. Fruits of the Spirit. Love is number one. And so we need to be saying, God, I want my love to overflow. I, I, I see it. And if we're all honest, there's days we're probably overflowing. And there's days where it's dry as a bone. Right? We're honest. And in those days that, that we're not doing so well, we just need to recognize that and get before the Lord and say, Lord, fill me up with your love today. And maybe we need to sit under his fountain for a while and just say, I want to experience your love. And remind ourselves, God, you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. Jesus, you love me so much that you were willing to go to the cross for me. Jesus, you love me. You said in the Bible, I'm the apple of your eye. Does that sound prideful? Maybe it, it sounds prideful, but it's, it's just experience, delighting ourselves in the Lord, right? And the Bible says this, if we'll delight ourselves in Him, He'll give us the desires of our heart. And so our love needs to be overflowing. And then secondly, He says, then I'll, I'll hope that you grow in your knowledge and your understanding. Amen. So knowledge and understanding is secondary to love. If we get knowledge and understanding ahead of love, then we know a whole lot. Knowledge puffs up, right? But love is the thing that, that enables us to be like Christ to the world and enables us to bless other people. And so he says, for the, to have this fruit of this righteous character, I want your love to overflow, and then I want you to ever be increasing in your knowledge and understanding. And how do we increase in our knowledge and understanding? Through the Word, through discipleship, through iron sharpening iron with other believers, through just sitting under good teaching, being part of a great discipleship program, being, being part of a great church that, that loves the Lord and loves the Word and teaches the Word right? And ever being in the Word ourself. It's so important. If we're going to go deeper this year, I want you to listen, look at me. Everybody, 
if we're going to go deeper this year, if you're going to go deeper this year, if this church is going to go deeper this year, we have to, everyone individually, be in this Word. Amen. You can't say, hope pastor's read this week and studied. hope he's got something good for me Sunday. I'll do my best, but I'm going to probably let you down. I'm human. But this is the living Word of God. It is God's Word to you. It is the supernatural Word of God. And when we're in it, God changes us and we grow in our knowledge. And, and, and when we're reading it ourselves, I'm not depending on anybody else. Everybody else is great, man. I, there's great Bible teachers. There's great things on the internet. There's great teachers in this church. I love coming and being part of discipleship here. All that is awesome. But when I'm reading it myself, I'm receiving straight from the Holy Spirit and straight from the words of God. And that's one of the ways we're going to grow deeper. We have to be in this. So if you're not reading the Bible every day, read it. It's on your phone. I bet you got five of these at the house. Probably one in the back seat of your car. And we need to be in the Word, right? If we're going to grow deeper. So, okay, so fruitful branches, let's talk about that, are pruned to produce more. Fruitful branches are pruned. Now notice it says that those who do not produce any fruit are cut off from the vine, eventually thrown away. But those who do produce, the good, great news is you're producing fruit, you're doing good, so I'm going to cut you up. <laughs> pruning, if you're not familiar with pruning, I'm not a gardener. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn about that. Um, but pruning is this, this act where you take a fruit tree or a, a, a grapevine, and there's things that grow out of it that are not healthy, that are not producing, or are taking sap from the, the, the part of the vine that's producing fruit. And so that has to be cut off. And here's what Jesus says. Those who are producing fruit, the loving Father is going to come by and prune some things off so that you can produce even more fruit. And so I would say that most of us, if we're honest, would say there are things in my life that if they weren't there, I could probably produce some more fruit. The good news is the Father knows it better than you do. And just prepare yourself. He's going to prune it. And pruning sometimes is a... a um, a bad experience. It feels bad. It, it, it's, it's not a great experience because sometimes there are things that we have really come accustomed to and when he comes by and says, you're going to have to get rid of that, it hurts or it's uncomfortable. But he says it's, it's for your good. It's so you can produce more fruit. And the more fruit you produce, the more glory you bring to me. And the more glory you bring to me, you're proving more to the world that you're my disciple. And the more fruit you're producing, the more attractive you are to the world. And the world's going to come. And those who are lost are going to come. And they're going to see that you're glorifying me and you have this righteous character. And that you are a, a person who loves Jesus. And Jesus is in you. And there's something special about you because your love is overflowing. And so they're going to want to be, going to have what you have. And so, again, it brings more glory to God, but it also blesses you, right? And, and so, to go deeper, to be more ingrained in Jesus, 
the vine so that he can be more formed in you. Sometimes we just need to say, okay, Lord, prune it. Prune it. Some of these things are maybe time wasters. Anybody got time wasters in your life? Come on now. I remember hearing the story of David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson would uh, stay up every night, and after his family would go to bed, he'd stay up and watch the Tonight Show, the Late Show, and it's just the way he wound down. He was a pastor, wasn't watching anything, you know, really horribly bad, but he was just, that's just the way he would wind down at night. And this thought came to him one night, what if I gave those two or three hours that I'm sitting watching TV to the Lord? And he began to dedicate those hours to the Lord. And out of that, he began to do street ministry. You know, have y'all ever heard the book or the movies, Crossing the Switchblade? And, and he began to minister to gangs. And his church was planted. And David Wilson became one of the most influential pastors of, of the 20th century. Because he said, I'm not going to, this is just wasted time. I'm going to give it to the Lord. And there are probably things in all of our lives that if we would say, it may not be two or three hours, maybe it's 30 minutes a day, you're going, you know what, I can get rid of that. And I could give that to the Lord. Instead of me doing whatever that is, I could pray, I could read my Bible, or I could use that time to minister to others, or I could be calling people and encouraging, whatever the Lord speaks to you. But it may be that the Lord's saying, it's time to prune that thing, right? It may be unfruitful relationships. And maybe if you really take your relationships to the Lord, say, Lord, are there people that are influencing me in my life that are causing me to produce less fruit than if they weren't there? Now, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I don't want you just to go around and get, kick out all your friends. I, this is where we really need to hear the Lord because there are the temptation for Christians is anybody who's not a Christian can't be my friend. That's not what God wants us to be doing. Amen. God has placed people in your life and you in their life that do not know the Lord so that through you they will know the Lord. Amen. Right? And so we can't just say, I'm only going to be around Christian people because those people say bad words and those people do bad things. And if I'm around them, no, we need to hear the Lord. Sometimes it's the other Christians that we need to sort of. Well, that got quiet. <laughs> and we need to spend more time with some lost people. And I'm not saying cut out your friends, but I think we need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, are there relationships that aren't healthy for me? Are there relationships that are causing me not to fulfill my purpose in you? And Lord, if that's you, then I, I fully give you permission to prune that from me. It may be sin and bad habits, and, and we know the Lord wants to cut those out of our lives, and maybe we're hanging on so tight to some sin or some bad habit, and we're just so afraid that if we let it go, that life's going to be so horrible, or it's never going to be the same again. And God's, here's what he's saying. If you let me prune it, life's going to be better. Amen. Whatever good you think it is with this in your life, it's going to be better without it. Right? Maybe it's being busy, just being too busy. Maybe it's some kind of bad doctrine that you grew up with or, or you've got a hold of. And, 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 and God's saying, listen, I need to cut that doctrine out of your life. It's, it's prohibiting you from being all that God's called you to be. It's prohibiting you from producing more fruit. Maybe it's some bad formation. And what I mean by that is 
we're all formed by the culture we're raised in. We're for, formed by our family of origin. We're, we're formed by the geographic area that we live in. And I, I heard someone say not long ago, I said, you may have Jesus in your heart, but for some of you, the problem that grandpa's still in your bones. And so the way we were raised, and so it may be that God's wanting to come by and say, you know what, I know that's the way you were raised, and I know that's the way you were taught, but that's not me. Nothing against Grandpa. We love Grandpa. And we love Mom and Dad. And all of us who are parents know that if we look back over time, man, we've made some mistakes. But we're just doing the best we can. And your parents were doing the best they could. And their parents were doing the best they could in most cases, right? But sometimes there's, it gets things in families that were just sort of ingrained in us. And Jesus is saying, that's not really me. And I need to prune that out of your life. And so what we need to do then is we need to come to the Lord. And in just a minute, I'm going to give you opportunity at the altar to come to the Lord and say, Lord, if there's anything in my life that you need to prune, if there's anything in my life that's keeping me from fulfilling all your plans and purposes, if there's anything in my life that's restricting the production of fruit in my life, I give you permission. I give you full permission to prune it. Let, let me read to you real quick. What Andrew Murray says. Andrew Murray says, It is as the soul gives up its own thoughts and men's thoughts of what is religion and yields itself heartily, humbly, patiently to the teaching of the Word by the Spirit that the Father will do His blessed work of pruning and cleansing away all of nature and self that mixes with our work and hinders His Spirit. Let those who would know all the husbandman can do for them, all the vine can bring forth through them, seek earnestly to yield themselves heartily to the blessed cleansing through the Word. Let them, in their study of the Word, receive it as a hammer that breaks and opens it up, as a fire that melts and refines, as a sword that lays bare and slays all that is of the flesh. The Word of conviction will prepare the Word of comfort and of hope and the Father will cleanse them through the Word. And so what Jesus says in here, He tells the disciples, you're already pruned because of the Word that I've spoke to you. And so we are pruned primarily, again, through the Word. When we go to the Word and we allow it to do its work in us, when we, and so we, we can't hide from it, we can't shun it, we can't say, oh, I'm not going to read that one. Uh, no, that's about me. Oh, that's about her, so I'll read that one. We have to open it up and just say, Lord, do your work in me through this. And when you show me some area of my life that doesn't align with this, God, I give you total permission to prune me. Is it comfortable? Absolutely not. Is it fun? Most of the time, never. But it's so important if we're going to go deeper in Christ and Christ is going to be formed in us that we allow Him to cut those things that have been there. And some of them have been there a long time. Some of them we've allowed to stay in our life for a long time. Some of them we, we didn't even choose. Some of those things our family gave to us or, our, or we just picked up or we didn't decide that's way. We were just born that way. We were just DNA. Whatever. I, a lot of things. 
But here's the good news. Jesus says this. When you come to him, you can become a new creation in Christ. And the old things can be passed away. And everything can be made new, right? And as he works on us to prune those things and prune them, and we yield to that pruning of the word, God can make us more fruitful than we've ever been. Amen? Would you stand with me?